Hello, welcome back for another episode of Friends of the Vine, wine podcast. Glad you made it back from the last couple episodes. Hope you enjoyed them and uh, stay tuned for more of the same. We've got another great lineup for you on this podcast as well. Hope everyone is doing well. We are a wine podcast that is based off the Friends of the Vine Facebook group. And uh, we're not too serious here. We're trying to be a little light on that big topic of wine. It is a big topic, and uh, we're trying to hit a little bit of it here and there. Try and get some insight, try and get some knowledge along the way, and uh, find some fun fun guests uh, to help entertain us and help provide a little bit of knowledge and insight. This episode this week will feature primarily Alex Anderson, who is a certified psalm. She is an up-and-coming psalm. Uh, she just won uh, 2018, she was runner-up actually, 2018 aspiring psalm. And uh, she's got her W sets, and she just recently passed her certified psalm. So she's uh, moving up in the world, and she's uh, got some great energy and some great enthusiasm for wine. So uh, we sat down and had a a, a conversation, to, covered a few different topics, which we'll go into over the next half hour. We actually sat down on two different occasions with uh, with Alex. And this uh, most of the conversation is from our second interview. Uh, although there will be snippets from the first one, the first one was done at Bricks and Mortar Wine Bar in uh, down in Yelltown. Uh, but the sound quality wasn't the greatest, so uh, I asked her to join me again, and uh, we did that last week, which is why I was able to. Uh, add in the fact that she's now got her certified sommelier, uh, which at the time she was just about to write her exam and just about to do all her all her uh, exams and stuff and her, her tasting and everything. So she's done that since that, that first interview and, and she's been successful. So we'll go into that over the next half hour. So with all those things in mind, let's get to this episode. So we start off this episode with Alex Anderson and our first topic is her big news of her recent uh, change in positions from the Tap Restaurant of Surrey to her new position at Nightingale Wine Bar out in uh, downtown Vancouver where she is now a certified sommelier. I just got hired as the sommelier at, or as a sommelier at Nightingale. Uh, so I'll be starting there at the end of the month too. Oh, excellent! Yeah, so that's really exciting. So more news, but yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations on getting your certification in the first place. Thank you. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty nerve wracking. That I guess that was a week ago today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hard to believe it's already been a week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 No, that's wonderful. That's great. And I mean, when we did chat before, you know, at the time you had your W sets and and you were kind of. You were studying your, you know, you were studying your ass off and now it's kind of coming all to fruition, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it feels amazing that all of that has kind of been completed and now it's time to set some new goals and keep, keep going. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's one. Well, I mean, you, you did have those goals originally, like you had, you knew what was coming and you knew what, uh, what you were going to do and you, you kind of had a vision in your head of where you were going to go and stuff. Right. So. I'm very pleased. It's nice when you can, when you achieve the goals. So yeah, it feels great. Are you still, you're still going to be with Tap Restaurant as well? No, I'll be leaving there. 
Okay. Because yeah. I, I live down in Kits, so it definitely makes more sense for me to be working here. You'll have yeah, to find but... me another Burgundy wine uh, on that on that wine list. Oh, I for sure. I'll be able to do that. No problem. That's great. And if you go to tap, I'll still have that Burgundy wine waiting for you. I'll let them know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Since we last chatted, you also had a BC Hospitality Scholarship as well? Yes, that came through. And also uh, the wine program at Tap Restaurant, we won a gold, a gold medal for it for 2018. So oh, that's really exciting too. So That's cool. Yeah, that's everything all happens at once, of course, right? Yeah, it never, as they say, it never, it never rains or pours, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. So are you yeah. still doing the wine rating as well? I am, yes. And uh, doing that and then also working for Compline still. I also just did a big private wine event at someone's home for 20 guests just on Sunday night, actually. So I'm, I'm, my freelance is expanding a lot. Uh, and then I'm still working on uh, the illustrations for the wine curriculum uh, for uh, the company called Tableside. So it's definitely busy. And, and I noticed you had a few of your a few of your uh, graphic designs were picked up by a restaurant as well. Yes, that's the that's the uh, wine bar in Napa, I think that okay. you're probably referring to with yeah. Compline. Right. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been great. Was oh the, yes, the, that's the, right. The, the and the then I. One or? Oh, sorry. No, that is another one. You're right. You're right. So <laughs> that that one. Um. Yeah. It was. Uh, I was asked to do a, a artwork for them, which is great. And it looks like they've got a big chalkboard that they might have me uh, come in and do too. We're just trying to set set a good date for that and brainstorm a few concepts. So. Yeah, That's it's cool. it's good. It's it's a lot of fun. You've come a long way in a short period of time from when you kind of first got into wine and stuff, right? Totally. It's uh, that is kind of the part that I find so profound. But um, I'm really thankful for it. I think that, that I've been able to do it at a faster rate uh, because I've had the right kind of mentors uh, around me. Is particularly my boss at Tap Restaurant, who's just amazing. He give an arm and a leg to help teach me and coach me and he really has and he's shown me a lot of the the best ways to do things and the fastest ways to get there but also being in the burbs I think it kind of I was a little bit more secluded so I couldn't really see what exactly was going on in the industry other places in the province and so it there was less time to compare and only all I could see was just more to achieve. So I think that it kind of gave me a nice platform to just keep building and growing. And there wasn't any, okay, I've made it and this is good. And I'm, I'm at the right standard. It was always like more, 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 more. So I think that that really helped as well. I'm really thankful for that. I mean, in that, in that sense, you're not, if you had compared yourself with others or whatever, then you might have, like you said, you might have kind of satisfied yourself or kind of been satiated a bit more thinking, oh, I've reached a certain level or whatever. Yeah, or listened to their standards of how long it takes to get certain places too. But instead, I think I was I was working under someone who is very much an achiever and also really believed in me. So it made it just seem clear that oh yes all of this is is in reach and and I can do it and I just need to put my head down and study and you know practice some time management and and I can get there and I think that that was yeah really helpful I didn't have voices or I wasn't observing other people that maybe are like oh yeah next year next year next year or maybe sometime or yeah I'd like to but they're not actually in action whereas I'm I like to think I'm someone that's uh, pretty much of action a lot of the time and uh, being with the boss who also saw things that way, it really gave me just the perfect formula to, to find some success uh, in a shorter period of time. 
And that was that's Alistair or Alistair Veen, yeah. Yeah. So and he won top Sommelier of British Columbia in two thousand and sixteen. Yes, okay. two thousand and sixteen. And uh he's also an advanced sommelier through the quartermaster sommeliers. Yeah, and he's he's uh, in France right now. He is, he's in Bordeaux and actually he, yeah, they went to Champagne, Bordeaux and I heard also uh, they're going to be going down to Burgundy for a bit. So I'm sure there's a few other ventures, but lucky him. He's there with his wife and then um, also uh, two best friends who are in the industry. And one of them brought his wife as well. So and they're really just there with a bunch of special people and everyone loves and enjoys and appreciates wine. And, uh, and that's that. uh, that's Sean Nelson, right? Yeah, Sean Nelson. And uh, yeah, should be. Yeah, I'm, sure I'm actually time. trying to get the two of them on. I've I've been in contact with Sean. I'm trying to get both, maybe both of them, Sean for sure. But then obviously, if they're both if they're both there, then I'll try and get them both on one of my. Totally, next, next yeah. Month. And Todd, Todd too. They they have a friend named Todd, and he's been the Somme at Hawksworth. He just gave his notice there, and he's going to be traveling with his wife for a bit. But he's a fantastic sommelier as well. So I'd recommend you talk with all three of them. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. and that, like yeah, you said, totally. they've been really influential on your, like you said, getting you up to. Getting me up where to you speed, are now. totally. And I mean, I I owe a lot to to my boss. He's been he's been amazing. He's been he's a tough boss. <laughs> he's not easy, but he always he always would give me what what I needed and the feedback I needed and set me set me up well. I guess before the restaurants, I know you were. We we talked in our last our last time about you know hanging out at Township Seven and stuff, and so yeah. you've had you've had a few experiences through the last few years. I think before, like some... before Top and before you know what I mean. Yeah, totally. I think what was really important to me, because uh, this was a career change to come into the wine world, and it was really important for me to kind of see if it was all, you know, roses and unicorns, or if if it was tough and gritty, and uh, if I could handle it, and just, yeah, see what was behind the veil. So I was really, really fortunate um, that I was able to get a job at Township 7. And so I started there in the tasting room while still uh, working elsewhere in my um, previous career. And I just did it on the weekends and I just loved it. I I just absolutely loved it. And so that really helped me realize, okay, let's keep going with courses and stuff like that. And it's time to get into a restaurant. Hospitality is definitely your thing. I'm I'm really, really thankful for that opportunity. And that's that's our our mutual love of black dog coming through there. Yeah, yeah, black dog is their their top bottling there. So yeah. I think that's so great that you knew all about that. That was pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> that was. It's yeah. funny because now to think back, I'm sure, like you said, at the time at the time you were there, I'm sure you've probably served me in the tasting room or been around like what you know when we we'd have you know they have the events when you go to pick up your um your orders and stuff right and there's they have the like little events and stuff right i'm, I'm sure for a fact that you're i'm sure there. i got you your club order at probably some point. probably yeah. or yeah rung it through or something at some <laughs> totally point. or one of the events like when we did like uh bar the vines and things like that yeah i don't know or their, yeah. um what was their the swine the father's, oh, the father's yeah. day one i think right that's right that was actually my very first shift there was the wine and swine the wine and swine uh, right and uh yeah it was just it was just wonderful. All of the yeah. dads coming in, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's for yeah. sure. That's that's where our, our our friendship has started. The mutual love of black dog. Yes, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so here is a little snippet from that original conversation at Bricks and Mortar about Township Seven and our uh, mutual love of that uh, black dog wine, which uh, which we were just speaking about. We'll go into now. 
my, my first wine job was what really glued it in for me, though. I was uh, I was just driving around in Grand Prairie Valley uh, in South Langley. There's a few wineries, and I decided to pop in Township 7, and I went for a quick tasting, and yeah. I mean, I was 23, and so I would pull out my ID, and nobody takes me very seriously. I'm there by myself, and uh, then after just a few few words with the GM there, uh, we got into the conversation, and began to take me a little more seriously and eventually uh, offered me an interview and I, I was ready. Um, yeah, so I started working at that winery and... That is, that is my... It's hilarious because we, we, haven't, we haven't spoken about this, but my biggest... Well, for me, everybody always knows, people who know me know that the Black Dog was my aha moment. That was the black dog. No way. Yeah. Oh my that gosh, is, that's so cool. That is my wine you, that, oh, no that way. blew me away and started, it really started my Township 7 Township Black Dog. Seven black dog. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Cheers, that's so funny. That's Cheers to that. Fantastic. Cheers to that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's. How that's, special is that? That is, yeah, that's funny. We've Township 7 in common. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so, that's so rad. Yeah, because that, that one for me was the one that, which like I've, I've talked about in my first podcast with, with my father-in-law and stuff, he would pull out the, pull out the black dogs, and uh, it's, fun, it's funny how there's a theme, because even even the other interview with my with my cousin, the winemaker, yeah. she said, yeah, you guys always talk about that black dog, and, and so that, that this theme, we talk about themes running through my right. podcast. That wine, that wine is running through our broadcast. Oh, because funny. he would pull out, he would, would have a, a dinner party in the backyard and pull out one black dog. It was 2010, and he's been sitting on it for, you know, three or four years. He's sitting on it. I'm like, oh my god, you're pulling out a black dog. And then we'd be, they'd be like six or eight of us in this in this party, so you'd only get like a little. And then he'd disappear and come back out and he'd another one. Oh, another black dog! <laughs> right, and it's just like you burn up your whole supply of one year supply in one night, right? Yeah. But, but yeah, that's that. That was him. He was just like, we're having a good dinner party, and let's let's keep let's keep enjoying it, right? So, I love that little snippet uh, from bricks and mortar. Uh, it just shows you the. Uh, I just love that energy and uh, connection that uh, Alex and I had that night with her with our first interview and. And uh, just talking about that uh, that aha moment for me, and uh, and how special it was for me, and and her obviously having been to uh, or worked at Township Seven, and and she knew all about it, so that was a great moment. And uh, uh, as we've discussed, and she will discuss, that the wine will really bring those special moments and special connections with people, which uh, I've had with that wine with with a lot of my family and. And on that night, uh, that connection I had with uh, with Alex. So we'll go back into the uh, into the second interview, and we'll go back into our conversation. Your blind tasting for your certified psalm exam. I guess it's a few weeks ago now, but it must be uh, kind of ingrained in your head the wines that you had or what you had to taste. Yeah, there was four wines. There was two whites, and then we had two reds, and uh, it was. It's interesting because I find that with white wines, usually they kind of play upon each other and that there's, oh, sorry, with white wines and with red wines, but there's usually a few varietals that can feel a little bit interchangeable as you're going through them. And it definitely was the case. The first one 
after discussing it with a few other people, which I never do until we get all of our results back, just because it's torture to think about, was I that far off or was that person that far off and things like that. But um, in, in this case, I think that a few of us came to the same agreement and a few not, but the few that uh, got some good acknowledgement about our tastings found that the first was an Alberino. And uh, I think that it was Alberino's kind of a clear one for me to taste anyways it always seems to be a kind of a lifted floral note and things like that so I was very excited about that and the second one was a very very nice slow pitch like easy easy hit bit, bit uh, of a softball a softball one yeah <laughs> thank you softball uh and it was a reverse meaner so uh so that was really really great uh the reds and personally I drink a lot more white than I drink red so I always have to practice my red a little bit more but the reds were were pretty good also uh the first one uh was throwing a few of us off because it had more of those lighter toned uh pinot noir characteristics but the structure was just so much more Sangiovese and uh yeah so the, a lot of people went back and forth between Pinot Noir and Sangiovese on that one and I settled with Sangiovese just because I felt like uh, Sangiovese can still have lots of that more red fruit character and there's a little bit of an orange oranginess to it uh, not a whole lot of VA which I normally get in Italian wines but the structure was just so far off of how I have experienced Pinot Noir so there's that and then the final one was everyone's kind of questioning what it was but I think it, it was definitely a new world cab uh, whether it was Australian or uh, Napa is up for debate but we do not have access to what any of the wines actually were I was going to so, ask you whether whether they did actually give you guys any. no no nothing they just gave us some feedback and let us know if we passed or not so then it's kind of up to us to discuss amongst amongst ourselves what we got and who passed and who didn't kind of thing so uh yeah so i think that they're smart to leave it a mystery then there's things can get complicated that way right people can get a little defensive or want to retry or don't believe something things yeah. like that or particularly probably at the higher levels too at this level where maybe i hope that we're we've got the <laughs> humility to know that we we're still learning and of course they same they would say the same at those other levels too that they're still learning but one well, and, and just I mean, a different extent yeah and it's not like they're not gonna it's not like they're gonna say i mean it, i guess at the end of the day if you're right you're right and you're wrong you're wrong pretty much right mm -hmm. and i think at this level they're really wanting you're not passing or failing because of the grape that you said it was or the world that you said it was from they want to know that hey you picked up those floral tones or you saw that there's some minerality or you said that there was oak and there's definitely no oak on this wine i think they're wanting to make sure that you can really understand those benchmark characteristics so that you can continue to develop your tasting and that you you understand these different characteristics that you're perceiving and and tasting and things like that so that's the essence of it and i think that that's a, a wise way to format that exam because that at the end of the day is what really matters whether you're able to pinpoint in 
the the grape and where it's from is comes down to theory like do you know the areas that use american oak versus french oak and how much of what and do they blend very much and what what's the climate typically like there like that's it's theory that comes down to the determining factors but you also need to know how to taste and what to look for when you're tasting before you can come to any of those kinds of conclusions so the game is what can you taste and the second part of the game which is kind of more like a bonus if you can guess exactly what it is like that's great particularly at this level it, it's interesting because my speaking about what you're saying about pinot versus sangiovese i've just discovered this uh nerello mascalesi oh yeah yeah delicious uh, yeah and uh tr of course i'm trying to trying to find some out out here is other than trying to go i know there's that that great great wine store on west fourth there uh whose name escapes me right now oh at kit's wine cellar yeah right yeah they, uh, right by my house yeah, exactly. Yeah. Within walking distance, he he lives. My friend, my Italian friend, lives downtown as well. So he always he always goes there. So I'm sure they'll have some of it, but totally. trying to find some anywhere else is almost impossible. Yeah, I know they'll definitely have some there. But... Yeah, and that's what I was thinking about when you were mentioning if it was Pinot, but it was more Italian. Oh, and I I also want to mention too, like it's not like it's not normal to get Pinot and Sangiovese mixed up. It's the reason that. The, it became between those two grapes was because on the exam they gave you a list of about like six or seven different grapes that it could possibly be and I mean when we smelt it we knew it wasn't cab and there was a few other ones that we could just write off the list right away right but it was kind of going to be between those two uh so that's that's where that came up because that normally I don't think when you're tasting that you would think between those two it was kind of abnormal right. but yeah so I just wanted to mention that yeah, you yeah you, you you were able to narrow down at least a few right off the bat, and then you were kind of down to a few different ones at, at that point. Which is actually a pretty dangerous game to play when you have, it's either this, this, or this written in front of you. I I find that it's I'm stronger. Ta I'm a stronger taster if I taste through it and then make my own conclusion and then look at the list of available options and you know pray that it's in that list. And if not, then I can just go and revisit and know that I was a little off track somewhere. That makes sense because it's then it's it's then it's a mental game. You're looking for those ones, you know. You're looking right. for the characteristics of whichever one you decided before you even smelt the wine. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You're and and then you start exactly playing that guessing game. Well, the last one was this, so therefore they're probably not going to do something similar. Right. So they're not going to go, you know, Gamay and Pinot. They might go completely different, and you know they're going to go Cab or something. So I'm going to start looking for Cab or, or yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you can get in your head a little too much. So, like you said, it's it is a bit of a it is a bit of a head game when all you need to do is kind of like you said follow the follow the theory and follow yeah, like you said follow right. your follow the structure and follow the the theory of what you've what you've been learning, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's always fascinating fascinating me with the blind tastings, with uh, yeah. what you what you um what you ended up with or what you think you ended up with and whether you found out whether you're right or not and. Cool. Well, I'm glad I'm glad I was able to share some of that with you. So it's a it's an interesting world and practice, you know, of blind tasting. So and uh, I mean, you're obviously doing a few groups a week as well, right? So you're still doing yeah. that, right? Yeah. I'm quite lucky that I I'm able to do that. So twice a week, uh, two different groups with different leaders and different people in the industry and each kind of geared to something different as well. And I mean, it gets pretty expensive. So uh, sometimes it'll be one group one week and it'll do the other group the next week or something like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's really important to taste with other people and to taste blind because 
it's <laughs> the funny thing is when you're tasting things blind that you have on your own wine list you didn't even recognize it but how many bottles have you sold and explained to other people or or you taste it and think that this is awful wine and then you realize oh my gosh I have this on my list and I I thought it was great and when you taste it blind it can be a different game so it's really important no that, I totally understand that and especially if you're trying to sell it to someone or even describe it to someone and then maybe have not have had it yourself right yeah totally and then you're, you said you're still white you're still writing a bit for the um, Okanagan um, wine club yeah the yeah. Okanagan wine club yeah yeah, and it's exciting. I think we're going to start doing some infographic stuff, too, because, uh, I mean, I do graphic design and uh, wine writing, and sometimes it's nice when you can put the two together and they make more sense visually. So, yeah, yeah I'm I'm really enjoying that, though. And there was uh, another book uh, called Clarity Wine Book, and it was sent to a few different wineries to send out to their club members, and it's in a few different shops. And I had the privilege of uh, doing all the writings on the different uh, subregions of uh, the Okanagan. So that was great as well. Uh, I've had, yeah, some really cool writing opportunities. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's funny that we were, were talking about your boss, uh, or I guess former boss now, being in France and stuff. And because uh, it's like, for me right now, having not traveled in a couple of years, I'm just seeing some of their stuff is, is totally like reminiscing about going through France and stuff. Mm. you know like them going through there right now and stuff right and you were it's you've been there as well place. right so i mean yeah yeah i was in merso in the summer and uh i mean i spent i would drove up to champagne as well and uh all through the Côte d'Or and then down to beaujolais and i'm it's totally so jealous rude. of their seeing their stuff you know yeah yeah it's just beautiful they're lucky they're tasting some really good stuff and they're they're going to some pretty great estates so you had some yeah. like you were saying i remember you telling me a story about going to Marceau and and you were tasting some good stuff. That was, I think, that was when you got in the, the car accident. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, car accident was down in uh, Morgan in uh, Beaujolais. Oh really? So, yeah, and in my defense, like that car accident, it was just so beautiful out, and there was this. It was pouring rain. There was a rainbow, but it was sunny at the same time. And then there's all these vines, and I'm just like trying to get over the fact that of where I am right now, and. Yeah, I just got a little uh, distracted looking out the window and drove into the ditch. <laughs> Funny. Yeah, yeah, but every everything was fine, and the people there were just so so wonderful. As soon as I had found myself in an accident, realized I wasn't really gonna get out. Um, I came out onto the road without a speck of French in my vocabulary, really, and yeah. everyone there didn't really speak much English either so I thought I was doomed I had two percent battery left on my phone so I couldn't translate anything and I didn't know how I was going to get back and (laughs) everything but they were so kind and like the police officers were so kind too and still in touch with one of them and uh they uh yeah they sent the, the vehicle or towed the vehicle uh to the shop and I went along with and yeah, then that was that. They fixed up the vehicle, and I drove back to Merceau <laughs> sheepishly, showed it to my host, yeah. and was like, hey, I'm back. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I had a wonderful time. The, I think there's a – people think that French people are going to be snobby or something like that, but it's just not the case, or at least no. not – has not been my experience. Everyone's been so, so kind and accommodating. Especially when you're traveling through – like you said, like you're you're going through Burgundy and stuff and hitting some of these – these wineries and stuff and they're just i i found it as well that we practically had a individual tour 
when we went through, you know, like you're, you're, you're walking around and you basically have someone with you the entire time, just like this, the smaller kind of country feel like, like you said, right? Yeah. It's a really small, I mean, they're villages, right? So they're small communities. People, people know each other, they know each other well, and they, they know each other's grandparents and everything. So yeah, yeah, it's really special. No, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's funny because we've, when we were talking before and, and like you and I have had this conversation, even just, just texting and stuff about epiphanies and stuff, right. And kind of how you got yourself into wine and how you've, you've immersed yourself. And I, I can't, re- I can't remember, but you've mentioned about having a gradual appreciation for wine. And did you ever have those epiphany moments? Yeah. Yeah. Mine really was gradual. I think uh, it's, it started younger um in that i liked drinking sweet rieslings um well my friends would like to drink their vodka and orange juice at the party so kind of stood out with that but um i really enjoyed that and so i knew i liked wine and then uh, i actually used to work at cactus club restaurants and that was my first job i started there when i was 15 as a hostess so my first experience in hospitality and i'm really thankful it was at cactus club actually and then I worked my way up to be a server, and I was doing that while I was in design school. I, I learned pretty quickly that I would make more money in tips if I could sell two glasses of wine instead of uh, two sleeves of beer. But I wasn't always sure how I could make sure it was two glasses of wine that hit the table instead of two sleeves of beer. So I was uh, inclined to figure that out. So I'd look up the different grapes and a few different things about where it was from or the label or its points, whatever I thought would make it sell. And uh, yeah, I started to learn that I could make a little bit more money as long as I knew a little bit more about wine. While I was doing that research and learning about it, I, it really captivated me. I found it really interesting and it helped me when I was going to the liquor store myself. And I think that I, I was already a, quite a few steps ahead of friends who didn't know the difference between Pinot Gris and Pinot Noir, that they were two different colors, that kind of thing. Yeah, so it was a gradual appreciation, and but still most often my beverage of choice. Uh, you know what's funny about the gradual appreciation is when I, I, I think I mentioned when I was interviewing uh, Brian McClintock from the Psalm Films, he, mm-hmm. thought, he kind of described it as the same way, like a gradual appreciation, but then with small epiphanies along the way, you know, small moments along the way where you'd, you'd have a certain wine or a certain, you know, certain experience and it would just add to the overall uh, appreciation. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, he's, he's so right with that, or at least that's what my experience has aligned with. So I think different epiphanies for me have been often people related to like when you really connect with the people around you over wine and you can just see that there's there's something really powerful in this beverage like there's some conversations that you just don't have over tea <laughs> you no. know they <laughs> and they just don't bring that out in people and but they're really meaningful powerful like often life-changing conversations or connections that you're making and those happen over wine they don't they don't happen over tea yeah. so i think that just for situations like that and then I mean, when you're training your your palate and you're you're tasting more and more and you're going to nice restaurants, you start to really notice the difference uh, in flavors and textures, and it's it's quite mind blowing. And then you start to see just the passion that people have that are making it, and you you really believe in what they're doing because they they really believe in what they're doing, and it's it's really exciting. And even the connection I, we we got from yeah. our time and and again like i said talking about the black dog wine and 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 just our connection that we that we had was just a great experience and uh, both of us having an uh, appreciation or passion for wine right 
Right. I, totally. And it's just a very special community. It really, it really is. And wine is just an, a nexus around the whole world. I mean, to language, to culture, to so many different components. And I think that that's what continues to keep me so captivated. I mean, what other, well, I haven't had another job where I'm that kind of committed to knowing and, geography and, 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 and history and yeah. everything. So yeah, in addition to the the artistic component of it all. So yeah, it definitely keeps me <laughs> keeps my brain stimulated. So for sure. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm gonna um, I really appreciate you uh, you coming on again with me and yeah, uh, of course. having this conversation again. So thank you so much for this. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. Thank you. I really appreciate the the time, and I'm excited for what you're doing. That was a lot of fun chatting with Alex. As you can tell, her enthusiasm for wine is uh, is quite infectious, so uh, that was a lot of fun. So I think we'll leave it there for this episode. We'll see you soon. Take care, and have a glass for me.